0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
1: I think it's a good thing to remember that like self-deprecation is actually a message that you're sending to another person. And if that person has more power than you or more money than you or more hiring ability than you, that is not always going to help you in the future. So be, be careful with it.
0: For a lot of us, it can be really difficult to take credit for our work and sidestep imposter syndrome. But producer Julia Furlan explains that you have to be your own hype woman because no one else is going to do it for you. I'm Dessa, the host of Work It, the podcast, a compilation of some of the best moments from the live event. This session was part of the Manifesto series, their moments of distilled wisdom presented by people with lived experience and real conviction.
1: So, um, this is a talk about how to be your own hype woman slash person slash, in general, human in the world. Um, It's a long road to get here. Uh, This is who I am. I'm Julia Furlan. I um, am a host and reporter at NPR. Um, That is a poorly thought out Twitter handle that I thought out like 10 years ago. Julia's TMI. Not Juliostomy, which is <laughs> makes no sense. Um you know, I feel really honored to be here. I feel really honored to be, like, be in this place. Um, I feel like I've got, like, like in that chair is like my imposter syndrome. and it's just like sitting there being like, mm, I don't know if you should be there. All these people are listening to you. And the truth is, like, it's just sitting there. and it's just always gonna be there. And I think that, like, carrying around the imposter syndrome and just being like, Bitch, go away Um, for a second. That is, I just want you to know that I also feel like I feel like really grateful and also uh, kind of uncomfortable because that's sort of what happens when you like talk up your own work, which is, you know, evidently while we're here. Um, The next thing that we're about to consume as a group right now, I just feel really great. I'm just really glad that it's in the world. Um, I learned about this. Piece of culture um, <laughs> from when I was working on Another Round with Heaven and Tracy, one of the most important cultural artifacts of our time. <sighs> Just a moment. I loved that. That was like a really incredible experience working as a producer on that show. Um, this is Nikki's Pickle Juice speech. Does anyone know what this is? Like, raise your hand if you are familiar. This, I'm so glad, I'm so glad to have this moment right now. So, okay. Um, I think that I'm just gonna play it and we can just take it in together and then we'll talk about it. Okay, ready? You have to be a beast. That's
2: the only way they respect you. I came up under Wayne and Wayne has his way of doing things. When Wayne walks on a set and say, don't talk to me, have my music ready, get the fuck up out of my face and I'm gonna blow this in your face all day. It's cool, but every time I, every time I put my foot down and stand up for myself, it's like, we've heard about Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Nicki Minaj shut down a photo shoot, oh my God. Was, no one wants to work with Nicki Minaj. I'm glad you heard. Now, when I come to a photo shoot, let it be of quality. You know why? Because I put quality in what I do. I spend time and I spend energy and I spend effort and I spend everything I have, every fiber of my being to give people quality. So if I turn up to a photo shoot and you you got a $50 clothes budget and some sliced pickles on board, you wanna know what? No, I am gonna leave. Is that wrong? For wanting more for myself? Wanting people to treat me with respect? But you know what? Next time they know better. But had I accepted the pickle juice, I would be drinking pickle juice right now. When I am assertive, I'm a bitch. When a man is assertive, he's a boss. Bossed up. He bossed up. Yeah, he bossed up.
1: No negative connotation behind bossed up. Right, can we just, I just wanna like applaud Nikki for being in this room with us. So, okay, like there's a lot going on there. We have a lot of complicated feelings about Nicki Minaj, and that's fine. Um, but in this particular video, this is the kind of thing that I think I, the thing that I want to highlight here is the sort of discomfort that you could feel when you are trying to advocate for yourself and for the things that you need and the things that you want to do your job properly. And, um, you know, I think the part that she gets to at the end, which is that like, if Lil Wayne is like, you know, he's, he's bossed up as the, as the hype man in this movie bossed up, you know, (laughs) that, um, the way that people take it when you hype up your own work is not always, um, people don't always take it very well. They don't expect it or they don't really like it or they don't, um, want it. And I think that I'm sitting here right now just to tell you that like that their discomfort is not your job. You can, um, own your shit and you can advocate for yourself. And sometimes it's uncomfortable because people look at you and they underestimate you. They underestimate you because of your, you know, your gender presentation or your age or your whatever outfit you're wearing or because they've literally never talked to anybody that looks like you or talks like you or makes things like you in their life. And I'm here to tell you that you should fucking do it anyway. Like you have to walk into those rooms and sort of own your shit. It has to be of quality. You know what I mean? Like the, the part where she's saying like, I, I put quality into my work. So let it be of quality. That's vital too. That's like a very important part of getting to own your work. But if you have done something, oops, if you have done something and you are proud of it, you have to march into that room with that behind you. And um, if you want to watch the pickle juice speech um, before you do that, so that you can walk into a room and sort of like embody that. I highly recommend it. I think that, like, I don't know. You know when you can, like, read someone really well and they're, like, a little bit uncomfortable with you or they're sort of, like, you can tell that maybe it's not going over as well as you think it's going to go over? That moment where you sort of, like, falter because of somebody else's doubt in you is not helpful to you. Um, you have to be good at what you're doing. I'm just going to say that again. Don't suck. You just got to – you should be good. Um, but like owning your own pride is really hard and people don't expect it. Um, but you have to do it anyway. It's really uncomfortable, which is our next slide. People don't expect marginalized folks of all kind to be bold. Um, they have preconceived notions about what you're going to bring to the table. They think that you are going to speak for your entire group whatever that group is if it is you know it could be a a a group of it could be like your age group or your race or your ethnicity or your gender presentation like it could be any group and people just look at you and that is all they see and they don't expect you to embody the fullness of your identity as a person who is like good at their job and also uh believes in themselves sometimes they don't expect you to believe in yourself and I think that you should do it anyway it is fucking awful when somebody underestimates you and you look at them in the face and you're like listen um I'm not gonna take this like I'm not gonna take your underestimation of me but you can do it and I think that it is um it just doesn't serve us as a as like people who are underestimated, it doesn't serve you to take in that sort of like refraction of your identity. You have to be able to sort of look at people in the face and present your work and go for it anyway. And there's a reason, and I think the reason is the next one. Um, Yeah, so there's two, three things on this slide. They may not take it well, you need to do it anyway. A third thing, you really need to do it anyway. That's the third thing. (laughs) And this is why. Evergreen question, which bag do men use to carry the audacity? (laughs) It is a great tweet. I love that tweet. Um, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. So what happened to me was I was a, like, scrappy, yes, uh, you know, intern person. And then I was, uh, you know, like, there's, like, a picture of me, like, rollerblading with my kit. I don't know. Uh, I think I was going to interview... People who, who ice cream trucks. I can't remember. I was just like down to do whatever it was that needed to be done, regardless of what it was. Um, and then and, and I did that for a long time. Um, I like worked a lot. I did not get paid at first uh, very much at, at all. I like could not fathom getting paid really like a human living wage. I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Um, and I, you know, babysat and I, I like supplemented my income in ways that were, um, you know, not, not the thing that I necessarily wanted to be doing. Um, but I worked like really, really hard. And eventually I got to this place where I was sort of in. So I was I I, I, ended up, I, I worked at WMC and then I then I went to I, BuzzFeed news and eventually I sort of like worked myself up to a place where I was like in these rooms where like it was like me and a bunch of other people and it was a long table and there were lots of people making decisions and I have some fucking news for you. There are a lot of white cis men who are fucking idiots who are ending up in these rooms and they are doing this shit and they're just doing it in front of you. Like, this deal is not properly written out. There are, I mean, I'm not speaking of the organizations that I've worked at previously specifically in any way. Please (laughs) don't do that. But, like, in general... You get into these rooms and there there are, like, deals being made and money exchanging hands and people are, like, so-called, like, creating things and they are fucking terrible at it. And it is so annoying. As I'm sorry, I'm, like, getting into, like, the high register because I'm getting really worked <laughs> up. But, like, it, it happens. They just carry their bag of audacity into those <laughs> rooms and they plop it down on the seat and they're just, like, you know in these rooms getting paid 3 4 times what we have gotten paid to do bad work and i am here to tell you oh oh we're going to do an exercise now i want you to like picture the most like regular regular dude in the world um just like middle of the road person has not never had like a strong opinion and that you've like i just want you to think of that guy and think of how like gorgeously oblivious he is of his own privilege you know, like imagine him when you are in these moments where you're like, what am I going to do? You get your bag of audacity <laughs> and you I mean, it doesn't always work and it's not always going to work for you. And people don't always want to hear you when you do it. But I, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about you have to think of that guy and then picture him asking for like ten thousand dollars more than you would or twice what you would earn. And that is where you need to come from because it is fucking happening. And it is in fury. I was so mad. I was so mad when I got into these rooms and I was like, this guy? Are you kidding me? Do you know how many like fucking badass people I know who are just like, who have been underestimated, who have every T dotted, crossed? Every T crossed, every I dotted on their, on their entire resume going back years and years, and they are not in those rooms. They are earning much less because they've been sort of underestimated, underpaid, undertitled, all of that. When I got there, I was really, I was really astounded. Um, so I just want you to know that there are people who are mediocre who are getting paid more to do a bad job so, like, do it. Carry your little bag of audacity. It's like audacity fairy dust. Um, I wonder if, uh, can, like, can you raise your hand? Have you ever watched a, a cis guy, a white guy, like, walk in and just be fucking bold in a way that you have not been? Everyone, sits. look at these hands. Oh, my God, I'm screeching. <laughs> it is, like, unbelievable. And, I, like, that feeling where you're just, like, you just walked in and did it. That is the thing that I want you to remember when you are getting like watching your pickle juice speech before you're walking into that room. Your work has to be good. I keep reminding you of that. Don't do bad work. Uh, You have to, your audacity has to come from somewhere, but like, just think about that. You want to be in a place where you can own that. And um, if you are not asking for this money or this, whatever it is, a mediocre cis white guy will. So just think about that too. Cause when I finally got on the other side of the resume and I got on the other side of the like hiring process and I saw what actually was going on in terms of like who was asking for a lot of money, who was like playing up their resume and like totally was not really worth it. I was really shocked at how that broke down. I'm sure you guys are really shocked by how that goes. I mean, it's just like, you can do it. And if it doesn't feel like you should, or it doesn't feel like you could, like, try. Just, just try it anyway. It's, um, why not, you know? Um, here is a list of things that I think are, um, I, I feel like these are things that I did for a long time in my career that were not actually very helpful to me. Um, So I'm going to just read them out and talk them out a little bit. So self-deprecation is something that I like learned in the nineties, I guess. I just don't, I like thought it was cool or whatever. I watched too much friends. I don't know. Like I thought that self-deprecation was a sort of, um, I mean, it is In, in some ways it's a, it's a pressure valve release. It says to people like I didn't, I don't actually mean this, you know, but when you're doing it too much or when you hear yourself sort of like re- relying on it a lot, I want you to like remember this moment and think, "Ooh, I don't know. Because the thing about self-deprecation is that if somebody doesn't know you well enough, they're just going to think you're being honest. Like they're not going to get it. Um, and you should not expect them to get it. If you tell somebody, oh, I don't know. I mean, it's OK. I don't know. I literally have done that. Seven times today. I, it's, it's hard to stop doing it. But, um, I think it's a good thing to remember that like self-deprecation is actually a message that you're sending to another person. And if that person has more power than you or more money than you or more hiring ability than you, that is not always going to help you in the future. So be, be careful with it. Um, saying yes to literally anything is a very bad idea, uh, it's sometimes fun. It's sometimes a good way to, um, move up in various organizations. It is sometimes necessary to do that for your job. Um, especially as if you're a producer, there's like a lot of saying yes, that happens. Like there's a lot of like production that is in fact like managing up, down, sideways, every, every possible way. But if you find yourself saying yes to literally everything, I mean, of course, like you were here for Megan's wonderful talk, like saying yes to literally everything is is be careful of it. All of these things like there's an amount that you might be able to do it and that you should do it. Maybe. I don't know. But like, be careful when you're when you're doing it. I want you to like have that that thing in your head that says, like, I I don't know. I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this feels right. That intuition that you have is something that you should listen to because even if it's the right thing for that job, it could lead to like very severe resentment and sadness and and like self betrayal. So I would say like be careful when you're betraying yourself. Don't don't do it. It's not a great idea. <laughs> um, I also find that pretending that something was really ho- hard, something that was really hard was actually super simple, is a really bad idea. Like. The people that walk into rooms and are like, well, we'll just like fart out a little podcast. It'll be great. Blah blah. blah. the <laughs> ridiculousness of that, you know, they're like, going to investigate you know, three part series on blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about by yourself with no resources? Like it, it, it doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve all of the other people in this room. It doesn't serve them if you pretend that something that was really, really hard was actually super simple. Um, I would recommend having a, a really clear line about like what was hard, how it was hard. Um, not not a sort of like complainy thing, uh, but something where you're actually able to articulate the difficulty of the task and the complexity of the task while also sort of just like leaving it there and owning that. That is a really good idea. Um, Deadlines that are ridiculous. Uh, It happened a lot at uh, BuzzFeed. I'm fine saying this, that, that like people who don't understand audio, people who don't understand what we do have trouble understanding how hard it is to do, like how long it takes to edit, how long it takes to turn something around, how long it takes to make something really good. And we did it a lot on like a really, really tight deadline and it was hard and it wasn't always perfect. But I think that like when there is a deadline that you're like this emoji hmm or the monocle one I like that one too if either of those emojis are the way that you feel in your soul when that happens when a deadline arrives like articulate that at the beginning um I know it's hard and it's not always like possible but try and try and be aware of that um unearned trust trust is something that you should be like pretty careful with when it comes from an organizational standpoint but well I would basically say that like if somebody is like you know trust me it'll be fine or trust me blah, blah 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 trust should be earned it is okay to have somebody earn your trust it is it is okay to to make that sort of boundary and this the the asterisk here is trust people not institutions journalism is a very complicated place podcasting is a very complicated place there are a lot of half-lives that we're all going to go through as we go through our career. I know I was saying this before, but basically you should trust people specifically, not institutions. Um, Let's see. Anybody who's trying to rush you to a major decision, it's okay to say like, no, or give me a minute or give me 24 hours or give me 48 hours. It is important that you stand for that boundary. Rushing to a decision is a bad idea. And don't say yes when everything in your entire soul screams no. Don't don't do that. It's mean to like self-betrayal is still betrayal and it, it will get you to a really sad, dark place. So I highly recommend if something if everything in your soul is saying no, articulating no, even if it means you're gonna lose money, lose the job, lose whatever it is, within your power, depending on your financial situation and everything that like rests on that, don't say yes when everything says no. Don't do that. It's really bad for you. Um, and so is excessive apologizing, something that I used to do, I probably still do a, a fair amount. It's similar to self-deprecation. Um, you know, it's it's hard when you feel like you should be sorry for things that you are not sorry for, but guess what happens when you say that you're sorry for something that, that nobody like that, that you don't need to be sorry for. People just think that you should be sorry anyway. And it's really bad. It's, really, it's a bad look. It's a bad uh, representation of your work. Um, and it doesn't help you. It doesn't, it doesn't help anybody else perceive you with more power. Um, and that's why you're here. Um, so can we do Q&A? You can only ask a question if you hype something that you make or that you are or that you do before you do it. Because nobody else is going to do that for you. So do it.
0: Hi. I am hyped about my podcast Adultish. Adultish. Woo! Everybody. Yes. So so what if you have an opportunity to do something and someone who works above you tells you to your face, I think I'm more qualified than you to do this, which is why I think I should do it, but you're you're slated to be on it. And you're like, "Why what makes me unqualified?" And then they give their reasons why.
1: Is that behavior oh, op- like is that's I, really fucked up. Okay. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I think that that sounds like the person that is above you is like not managing properly and not sort of like acting in good faith. Um I would be re- like really skeptical of that person. It doesn't seem like a good situation. Um why why do they think that they're more qualified? Like what's the deal?
0: Um years of experience
1: yeah, that can be, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I, like, I legitimately don't know. But somebody who tells you to your face that I should have your job or, like, I should be able to do that thing is not advocating for you. If they are supposed, this is your manager? Is our, we don't need to. Anyway, <laughs> somebody's job is to advocate for you. They should not be taking away your work. Thank you. Fuck it. Anyone? One more? Hi. Hi.
0: Um,
2: I'm really proud of my podcast and we just launched the first episode last week. Um, Woo. it's called Heal Yeah. Say it again? Heal yeah, like uh, hell yeah, but hell Heal Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um after my it's my university's podcast. Nice. But I was wondering if you had any advice for like a daily habit you could implement to practice owning your space.
1: Mm, I mean, I think that all like all of the things on this slide, if you sort of like listen to yourself and it like if, if you weed, it's like a weed whacker. You have to sort of like attack them individually. Um, I find that asking myself for more time or like asking for more time is a really good way for me to like make space to check in on things, um, not responding to emails right away, not um, like using time as a power move mm-hmm. is a very helpful thing that I found that allows me to like check in with myself and make sure that I'm acting in my own best interest. Yeah. That's my, yeah. One more. I could do this all fucking day. I'm <laughs> like my dream. what you hype in?
0: Uh, I
1: co-host and produce a podcast called Battle Tactics for Your Sexist Workplace.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm uh, And on, my question <laughs> is about getting on uh, what happens when you are applying for jobs. Mm. So um, it turns out that men will apply for jobs if they only meet 25% of the qualifications. Women apply if they meet 90% or more. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm curious how you go about uh, hyping
1: the work that you've done when you are in the resume process, when you're just a piece of paper and a name. I mean... I think that you're never just a piece of paper and a name. You are your, like, social media feed. You are the people that you know. You are the people that you can network with beforehand. I feel like understanding the – like, the more research that you do on the places that you're ending up applying to, the more you can use that – to sort of inform your your process. And I find that, like, it's the biggest thing missing in job applications is when people have done no research on the place that they're applying to. They haven't listened to the things that the thing makes. They have no idea what you do. They have no idea. So, like, if you are able to, I mean, it, it should be a require. If you are applying for a job, you're asking for somebody to, like, take their time to consider you. And if they're holding up their part of the bargain, which they don't always do, which is fucked up, but, like, the they should you should respect their time by doing, being like utterly prepared, like to the teeth, do your research, know everything that you've got. And also like, think about that 25% statistic, right? Like a, a cis guy is gonna apply and is going to apply if he has 25% of the qualifications. 25%, that's a quarter of the things that he needs to know that he doesn't know. So like, think about that statistic. Do your research and be, um, I think, be be proactive. I think that you're never exactly just like a piece of paper in a pile if you have done your research, if you're interacting on, on social media, if you're sending an email to somebody who is like maybe at a different level in the company, not, not the person that you would be interviewing with, but somebody who, who could do an informational interview with you. Um, I think, don't use the term pick somebody's brain. It's really annoying. Just side note, just zombies pick brains. Just... Just say that you want to talk and get coffee or whatever. Just don't say pick your brain. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> side note. Um, yeah, I think that that's like, that's, like, a good way to go about it. Come to these kinds of things. Talk to people in the real world. Uh, like, soft spaces where you are in, a, in the same room as these people exist. And, and if you can be in them with them, that that's a good idea. Yeah, I would say. Now we wrap it up. Wait, oh, I have one slide. Wait, hang on. Well, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Thank you all for being here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Come up and talk to me later.
0: That was Julia Furlan speaking at the 2019 Work It Festival. Both the festival and the podcast are produced by WNYC Studios and are made possible by major funding from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with additional support from the Annenberg Foundation, Event sponsors include Luminary, Spotify, Spreaker, Acast, Himalaya, and the Women's Foundation of California.